Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. Welcome to Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. This is Dr. Dan. Freedom Forum Radio is for you, faithful listeners, no matter who you voted for or what political party you belong to. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is not about politics. It's about principle. It's not about candidates. It's about conscience and the Constitution. Like the name implies, this is a program about freedom, individual freedom, your freedom, where it comes from, what it means to you, and most importantly, how to hang on to it. You're listening to part two of this interview with Jackie Peterson on Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. We pick up right now where we left off last week. So what what I'm hearing from you, and I certainly don't want to put words in your mouth, is that uh, we've kind of lost a grip on any reasonable solutions, reasonable and legal solutions to controlling what's going on in Washington, D.C. Is that kind of correct? That is exactly the, what we believe, and that's why we're doing what we're doing. So what, how do you think, how does the Convention of States project plan to go forward? What, is, what are you trying to do, and how is that going to help us get back in control of our, the federal tyranny? Well, from my perspective, um, we, my husband and I have been involved in national politics, politics almost virtually our entire lives. I mean, just aware of what's going on, things like that. And um, we had been targeted by the IRS. And through that education and enlightenment, I will say, we've learned that really what we do here in our state makes a difference. And what the Convention of States is about is to get 34 states to use our application, which is a one-page application. It's real easy to read. It's very simple. And to get each of those states to file an application with exactly the same language so it can't be ignored by Congress, in D.C., and then we want to have an Article Five convention and propose amendments to our United States Constitution and have them ratified by 38 states. So you, you would like 34 states to agree to ask Congress to call a constitutional convention, which is uh, proposed under Article Five of the Constitution, and, but you're going, you're not going, you're not looking for a specific um, law or a specific um, amendment. More, you are looking for a philosophy to be imposed. Is that, would that be correct? Yes. Um, 
We're looking for any amendments that would impose fiscal restraints on the federal government, limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, and limit the terms of office for its officials and for members of Congress. Article 5 specifically states that we don't have to ask Congress that upon application of 34 states, Congress shall call a convention of states. So they are, they are impelled by the U.S. Constitution to call a convention of states upon application of 34 states. So what you're hoping to do then is to have a specific agenda? Is that the mechanism that you would hope for? Yes. Yes. Any amendments within, within our, that, that very simple sentence, um, any amendments that are germane to that, we would entertain, of course. And at that point, we are in a national conversation. So Article 5, uh, again, which you have quoted, and I'll, I'll read it here, the Congress whenever two-thirds of both houses shall deem it necessary, shall propose amendments to this Constitution, or on the application of the legislatures of two-thirds of the states, shall call a convention for proposing amendments. So, in other words, Congress does have to call for the convention, and they do so because 34 states, or the legislatures of 34 states, ask them, or demand, that they do so, which is part of Article 5. Exactly. Let me ask you this. Does, as part of the U.S. Constitution, uh, what, why do you feel that, that, well, obviously we know that if 34 states say you are going to call a convention, okay, mm-hmm. it has to be done because that's what, this, that's what the Article 5 says. Yes. It does not say anything in there, however, about an agenda. Where do you feel that that limitation comes from? Do you mean the administrative side? Yes. Of the actual convention? Yes. Okay. Well, what is being done with with that regard? There are several Article 5 um, resolutions coming forth out of the states, the first of which being the balanced budget amendment, and the second of which being the convention of states. To that end, 93 legislators from around the country recently met at Mount Vernon, um, George Washington's home, to discuss the um, how they are going to manage that Article Five convention, establish rules, and just begin the process of getting ready because the legislators around the country do believe there is going to be an Article Five, be it the Balanced Budget Amendment, the Convention of States. Um, there is a compact for America out there, um, but they are getting ready, and they're, they'll be holding another session in May of this year, and I think that was in Indiana, followed up by another one next November in Mount Vernon. And Georgia had 10 representatives there, uh, one senator and nine House representatives there to be part of that conversation. So the, the rules are not in place. This is a first in history that we will, that this will be done. But I think it's our emergency pull cord, and um, I don't I don't know that there's anything else. in like you implied in the beginning, we're so out of, far out of control that it may be too late. We're all hoping it's not, but men and women of good conscience, if there is a possible solution, we feel like we need to put it forward and work towards its end. So, who went to this? There's, in other words, what you're saying is there have been some planning meetings. Uh, yes. on a national level, and mm-hmm. 
some some of the states i don't know how many do you know how many states were have actually sent some form of a delegation to meet together to start planning how this uh convention of states uh, or the constitutional convention would uh, be run is that correct yes i believe and and don't i don't know the exact figure but i believe there were 30 states represented so 30 at that convention and what kind of represent where did the representatives come from i assume the state legislatures themselves uh sent representatives no the reg- the legis- uh legislators actually paid for their own trips because they're interested in doing this they're looking at this as a possible solution to our national problems and they personally paid for their trips and went to be part of this is this something that is open to other people other than legislators uh no it's a closed um it's a closed meeting I think at the next meeting they are allowing some people to come to to the event, but uh, the first meeting was purely administrative, purely um, fact-finding, kind of like a, a brain trust on, on how this is going to run, how the states are planning on running it, and, and things like that. We have to take a quick commercial break here on Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. More with Jackie Peterson right after this. You know, it strikes me as a as a citizen, I'd be a little suspicious of who actually went to make these plans. Wouldn't you want to have some input from regular people? Well, the legislators will make the laws, and at some point we will have input into that. Um, I know that the gentleman who went to um, Mount Vernon from the state of Georgia are... Very, uh, very patriotic gentlemen, and they are uh, they protect states' rights and sovereign rights and personal property rights, and I believe that they went there for a good purpose. Well, I, you know, obviously, as I would hope that would be the case, <laughs> but me. you certainly couldn't expect me not to be somewhat skeptical skeptical about people in power, in the people in the halls of power. Uh, still being part of the planning process for something that may be okay, maybe not okay. So mm-hmm. that's that was something. I mean, I don't, you know, I I can't really object in the sense that I don't have any input. But it seems to me that there are a lot of people in government whose trustworthiness is really open to question, and. Uh, I would feel it would be a lot safer if people outside government would also have an input into how such a convention would be run. Oh, I agree with you completely. But I do think that the first meeting they were just discussing things, and they were bringing the information back to the state legislatures in their respective states to put this forward and try to get a uh, state legislature's sanction for the event. Um and of course, like I said, I think all the next conventions of that nature, or groups, or gatherings, whatever you want to call it, will be open to the public. You know, I have heard that at a con- that there really are no specific rules, are they for? No, there aren't any. This has never been done before. So, wouldn't it be important to really establish a set of rules that is agreeable to everyone, so that we don't get blindsided? Uh, Absolutely. 
How do you think that's going to work? And, and I'm sure that, and I, I mean, I would hope that your project, the Convention of States project, would be actively involved in ensuring that that this Article 5 convention, if it gets called, is run in a way that, you know, that is fair, open, and constitutionally based. Well, How- that is our intention, and it should be the intention of everyone in this country to see to it um, that it's held in a fair way. And my what I think is going to happen is that they will have a more organized meeting in May, and then in November they'll put forward a plan, right? They're going to probably put together a plan, and they'll send it back to their respective states' legislatures, and the legislatures will vote on it. So it'll be somewhat like a mini-convention for the rules of a convention. Do you follow me there? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, and that's... um, we, we're following everything we can. We need more volunteers, and we need more district captains around the state of Georgia and North Carolina and Tennessee. Um, we just were a fairly young organization. We just started in August of this year. I myself got involved at the end of September and uh, after I read Mark Levin's The Liberty Amendments book. That's what got me involved. There's The Liberty Amendments, and as long as you've brought that up, I think that's a, a very good subject to discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Levin's book. Uh, can you describe for us some of the amendments that are being pro- that he proposed in his book? Yeah, I don't have the book in front of me, and I, I mean, I'm just going to just generally talk about that. But there are such things as limiting taxation to 15 percent of a person's income. Um, there are term limits for the Supreme Court after the the people that are in there now, of course. Um, term limits for Congress and the Senate, um, and many other many other uh, amendments that Mark Levin so graciously put forward. Uh, we're not we're not standing by any one of those. It's just the brain thought and the the thought and the gift of saying, "Hey, what about Article 5 That's grabbed everyone's attention because we've all I don't know about everybody, but myself and my husband and my family have been involved, um, gotten very active in politics and going to D.C., like you said earlier, and waving our flags and traveling around trying to make a difference, and then you finally land upon something that you actually think can make a difference, which is an Article 5 that our founders gave us as a gift that we've never used, and I, I think it's high time we did. So some of the sorts of amendments that you could consider, I mean, obviously you mentioned a, a balanced budget amendment. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, one of the problems, of course, with the balanced budget amendment is that you have to make sure that they don't balance the budget by just raising taxes. <laughs> and um, you know that's what they'll do. Well, of course they will. That's what yes, they've been doing Yes, if that's the only along. one, that's exactly what they'll do. So, obviously, there has to be some kind of a curb on federal spending. Uh, yes, yes. Well, part of uh, another thing discussed in Mark Levin's book were unfunded mandates, I mean, it just goes on and on, and, and we could have a conversation about that. I just need to have my notes with me, and I don't have them with me right now. One of some of the things that would obviously need to be uh, redefined and things that interest me are, for for decades now, the General Welfare Clause and the Commerce Clause yeah. have been abused by the Supreme Court so that a lot of a lot of the programs that have been allowed, the spending that has been allowed— has really not been constitutionally sound. Uh, would you agree with that? I would agree with that. 
I think we all could agree that Obamacare, or a.k.a. the Affordable Care Act, is unconstitutional, even though our Supreme Court found it to be constitutional. It's unconstitutional. (laughs) Well, there are a lot of things in that. The general welfare clause, if you can go all the way back to uh, Wickard uh, Wickard versus Filburn, uh, you know, it's just foolish to believe that someone who grows food for their own consumption has any effect of significance on on uh, interstate commerce, and Absolutely. yet, of course, the Supreme Court, uh, the Supreme Court is really way way out of control. You know, of course, that uh, when you talk about things like the Supreme Court, you have to wonder uh, how they really derived were allowed to derive the power they have, because basically if they can declare anything they want constitutional and they're part of the government, they're actually part of the government, mm-hmm. you're really letting the, the fox rule the henhouse, aren't you? You are, because they're supposed to be the check. They're supposed to be the protector. And, and they're not. They're not. They're legislating from the bench, and it's not, it's not appropriate. So you don't have specific amendments that you like to propose, but what you're trying to do is have these states all say, okay, we need to come together and we're going to propose some amendments, and not really outlined, that will limit the federal government's power. Is that basically the concept of the, of the uh, Convention of States project? Yes, and we would, of course, and, and we're, the state legislatures will elect the delegates that go. The delegates will go, and they will, and out of that convention, they will craft amendments that fall within our language, which is the United States, um, to impose fiscal restraints on the federal government, limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, and limit the terms of office for its officials and for members of Congress. So the state legislatures, and of course you're going to have people there, and we're going to be watching every step of the way, because as part of this, I consider it my... And I know all of our team members do, and anybody involved with this, we feel like we're stepping up to be the guardians of this process and make and see to it that amendments are agreed to by the people and not just by the elite government. Is there any uh, concept or thoughts from you about how the states should choose their delegates? I just think that, um, for example, the Compact for America uh, specifically designates the governors to be delegates, and I don't think that that's a proper representation of the people. So I'm going to reserve judgment on the process until I see what's put forward, because I think that the delegates that go should be proper representatives of the people. Well, does the Convention of States have a proposal for who should go? I I understand that each state gets only Mm -hmm. one vote. Mm-hmm. If they send a delegation of commissioners, which is what they would be called, uh, then in each state the commissioners would vote, and then by whatever rules their state had set up, that mm-hmm. state would ad- arrive at how the state itself would cast its vote. So, Well, I think—I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, that's okay, but I mean just—so wouldn't you feel that there's going to be more than just a governor uh, going from each state? there'd have to be a delegation. Absolutely. I totally disagree with the governor, um, with the governor, with the, with the con- uh, Compact for America. I totally disagree with that. I think it should be legislature, legislators, um, people that are elected out of our House of Representatives and out of the Senate in our states, and people that represent the people. 
So, so that to me... But we don't have no formal um, process by which we're recommending that because to us that needs to be decided by the state legislatures and by the people of the state. So once they go, they can send as many delegates as they like. I mean, normally um, it's an odd number so that when they vote, uh, and it can be as many as you want, but the state, each state... The beauty of this is that each state only gets one vote. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The rights to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Everything gonna be all right this morning.